Hello and welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Here you can find all our weekly messages. We trust that God will speak to you today. Enjoy the message. Hey Focus family, I trust you're having a great weekend. My name is Mike Santiago. I have the privilege of being the founding pastor here at Focus Church. And uh, if you're ever in the Raleigh-Durham area and you're looking for a church to attend, I want to personally take a moment and just to invite you to join us in person at either our East Raleigh campus or our Apex location. Uh, Today, you're watching online, whether that's via YouTube or Facebook, and I just wanna say welcome home. If you have any questions about our church or service times or directions, you can always go to our website. That's at focus.church, focus.church. If you're watching this on Facebook, I'd love to know where you're watching from in the comment section below. So let me uh, know where you're watching from, whether that's Apex, Holly Springs, Uh, Garner, Raleigh, maybe you're at the beach this weekend. Wherever you're watching from, I'd love to know where you're watching from today in the comment section. If uh, you're on YouTube, I'd love for you to hit that subscribe button. It's so important that you get notified when we go live or when we upload fresh content every time. And we'd love to see you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram at myfocuschurch.com. And uh, we'd love to stay engaged that way. We are currently uh, wrapping up a three-day revival here at at one of our physical locations. We've had service on Friday night with Pastor Travis Jones. Uh, It was absolutely incredible. They're going to put a picture up right now. Uh, It was cool. It was really, really great. We talked about breaking the box of fear, pain, and our past. People came to the altar. They got set free. And then uh, on Saturday night, we hosted Pastor Travis Kiker. And uh, man, what a powerful healing service. We believe in the whole Bible. We believe that everything that happened in scriptures is for us today. And we believe we serve a God of miracles. And uh, Pastor Travis really uh, brought the heat. And we saw some people set free, healed from physical uh, illnesses and and pain. And we saw uh, people experience the power of the Holy Spirit which we love and believe in. It felt like revival. The service was excellent. The music has been incredible, and uh, you can always follow along. Our worship team has an album on Spotify. If you look up Focus Worship, you can see uh, some original songs that we've written here in-house, and uh, it will bless your heart. And I get the opportunity to preach to you today uh, from the subject, The Gentile Revival. If you have a copy of God's Word or if you want to open up a new tab, you can do that. Maybe you're watching this on a laptop and you want to open up uh, the Bible app on your phone. However you decide to engage with scriptures today, I want to encourage you to grab the Word and uh, open up with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. The book of Acts is the story of the early church. And uh, it's an incredible story of of, uh, basically after Jesus ascends to heaven, he leaves us with an advocate, a comforter called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes down in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And that's where the early church begins and it begins to take off. And and, uh, they begin to see the results of what happens when the power of God falls. And I think that that's what we're living in right now. We're living in revival times. And in Acts chapter 10, uh, we're going to be looking at a guy named Peter. And uh, Peter is is kind of the main character of Acts chapter 10. And, And this is This is where we're going to pick up in verse 9 through 13. And as we read, I just want you to take uh, note of some of the nuance, some of the the depths of the scripture. And as we look at that, 
I just want you to uh, engage with us as we open up scriptures. It says this in, in Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 9. It says, The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. We've called this season in our church the rooftop revival. So how appropriate that we would be reading a story that takes place on top of a flat roof. It says it was about noon, verse 10, and he was hungry. And, uh, but while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, something like a large sheet was being let down by its four corners. And in the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. And the voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. He basically, in this vision, in this trance, has permission to kill and eat the animals that the Lord is sending down. And verse 14 says, No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision repeated three times. Anytime you see something repeated in scripture, especially three times, it's putting emphasis on this vision. It's reiterating it to Peter, saying this isn't just a, a, a friendly reminder. This is something I want to be tattooed in your spirit. This is something that I want your, your soul and your mind to really grab a hold of. And he, it, the same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. So know this, that in Acts chapter 10, uh, first of all, Peter is hungry, physically hungry. And instead of complaining, he starts to pray. Uh, can I encourage you anytime you feel like complaining, anytime you feel weak in your flesh, it's time to build up your spirit. Peter had the discipline that though the meal was being prepared, he didn't just wait around the kitchen like my kids do, waiting for food to show up. Instead, he gets proactive with his time because he knows that God does not waste time. And he gets proactive with his time and he goes to the roof to pray. Anytime you're in waiting, anytime you're in traffic, anytime you're, you're, you're stuck in a situation, there is never wasted time in the presence of God. Peter understands this, so he goes to the roof, and he knows that uh, Cornelius is on his, uh, sending messengers on his way, and so he knows he's about to encounter Cornelius, and he's uh, about to, to meet Cornelius, who is a Gentile, someone who is not of the Jewish background, and someone who... Um, is not of the Jewish faith. And what happens is um, Peter gets to the roof. He's thinking about food. He has a food dream, a food trance. I don't know what you want to call it. And as he does that, um, a picture of food comes down in a sheet. And uh, the Lord gives him permission to break laws that he otherwise would have been following his entire life. And the Lord says that three times to him to reiterate to him that it's okay to partake in these things that he would previously deem unclean or impure. So today I'd like to preach to you on the subject, the Gentile revival. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for opening up the word to us. Use our time together now so that we can encounter your presence and teach us, uh, teach us how to live, how to breathe and how to move. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, Peter is a guy who knows the law. 
Have you ever met somebody who knows the law? Like they won't go uh, 66 in a 65. They'll go 64 in a 65, but they won't go 66 in a 65. Have you ever known someone that knows all the laws? Like you're breaking the law right now. You're, you're doing this, you're doing that. Someone who maybe is a, a building inspector, they know all the rules, where you can put plumbing and where the electrical and what grade the electrical wire needs to be and how far apart the, do the studs need to be in a house. And a home inspector is someone that really knows limits and knows law. And I, I love it because Peter has, has grown up in such a system that was very law-driven. It was law-based. It was driven by rules. It was driven by ritual. It was driven by tradition. Peter knows the law. Peter knows the limits. And it's interesting because he knew what to call the food when it showed up. He knew that that food was not on the list of kosher items that he was allowed to partake in. So he was able to label it as soon as he saw it. He was able to call it for what it was, which is impure and unclean. In his mind, he saw something that was against the law, and the moment he saw something that was against the law, he put a limit on it. Here's what I wrote in my notes. What you label is what you limit. What you label is what you limit. If you're in the comment section, go ahead and put that in there. What you label is what you limit. Anything with a limit is usually a law. It's very interesting because Peter was labeling things that he knew were limited, that were that were against the law for him. Uh, I, I, I look at how many times he labeled them. Uh, he said, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared or labeled, have seen or named uh, impure or unclean. Anything. With a limit is usually a law. I love it. Gentile. That's a law. That's a that's a label. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Label. Blind Bartimaeus. Label. Doubting Thomas. Label. We tend to gravitate towards and to really fall into the trap of labeling things. And when we label something, we limit it. Uh, whenever you tell someone that they can't do something, you're limiting them. Whenever you say, whenever you call someone a failure, whenever you tell someone they'll never be good enough, whenever you look at your kid and say you'll never make it, you are limiting them by putting a label on them. And what Peter is doing is he's limiting his dietary restrictions by putting a label on them. And God wants to break the law off your life. Now, maybe you have no problems with your dietary restrictions. Maybe that's not the law that God's trying to break in your life. But you have placed a limit on something in your life that I believe God wants to break. As a matter of fact, uh, this, this problem didn't go away. In the book of Ephesians to the church at Ephesus in the second chapter, verse 11, it says, it says, don't forget that that you Gentiles used to be outsiders, another label, outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens, another label, by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. I want to let you know that the labels that you've been, that have been put on you, the labels that have limited you are not who you are. You are not limited by the label that you once had. As a matter of fact, this is what it says. It says that, that, that you were labeled uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. I cannot tell you how many people I've met who have embraced a label that is not on their heart. It is only in their head. Mm. 
it, the label that many of you have embraced is not in your heart, but it's in your head. Many of you have embraced the label that is on exterior in nature, but it's never, in, it's never penetrated the soul. It's never been on your heart. And Jesus came not to change my body, but he came to change my heart. That's what I love about God is he takes the limits off. He takes the law and he, he fulfills the law. And he says, no, no, you are no longer bound to this law. And he's telling Peter this on the rooftop saying, hey, you no longer have to be limited in this food. In Acts 10, the label that was limited, the label that was limited and, and, the, and the thing that he used that was restricting was grace. He, he, he was limiting grace on his own life. And Jesus had to show up at the rooftop and say, hey, guess what? We're not going to live that way. We're going we're, we're gonna to kill and we're going to eat. Oh, Lord, those are food. That's food that I have never had before. That's food that I don't eat normally. That's food that I'm not allowed to eat. And, and, and God shows him in a vision while on a roof, while he's hungry, that he could kill and that he can eat. And that restriction, that breaking of the law enabled grace to come through, enabled him to see that grace could be extended. Now, here's what you need to know about this interaction Peter had with Cornelius. Cornelius is the first Gentile on file to experience revival. You like that? Cornelius was the first Gentile to ever be a Christian. So how does he do that? How does he become a Christian? Well, it's through the ministry of Peter. Well, how does, how does Peter come to the understanding that grace is not just for the Jew, but also for the Gentile? He comes to that understanding by first knowing in himself that grace has been extended to him and that he can kill and eat. This is, you got to stay with me for just a moment. And I know sometimes you got multiple tabs open on your computer right now, but it's so important that you understand this, that, that, that grace that has not been experienced is grace that cannot be distributed. Grace that has not been experienced is grace that has not, it cannot be distributed. Unless Peter came to the realization that he could eat those things that he deemed unclean, that he could eat those things that he deemed impure, unless he received grace himself, he would not be able to distribute it to Cornelius, the Gentile. So how does Cornelius experience salvation? He first had to experience salvation because Peter experience grace. It says again in Ephesians chapter 2, which is a great a great chapter that we're kind of reading through. It says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace. There is you are no longer under the law, but by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, not from ourselves. It is a gift of God. I pray that whatever grace you need, becomes the grace that you can distribute. I pray that you're like Peter, that you have an encounter from the roof, that you would realize that there is grace for you. And once you have grace for you, then you can distribute grace to others. It's much like people before they have children. Um, I was the best parent I've ever been before I ever had kids because my grace was limited with kids. But once I have kids, once I had kids of my own, once we had our own children, it's interesting, the grace I needed for my kids is now also extended to other children. 
but until I experienced the need for that grace myself, I was unable to distribute that grace for others. And so what Peter needed God to show him in this trance on this rooftop was that you can live under grace. And if you can live under grace and not under law, so can Cornelius. So not only is the Jew under grace, but so is the Gentile. And this is good news for you. If you feel like an outsider, if you feel like someone that's been labeled, if you feel like someone that's been living under extreme restrict restrictions and under the law, you can live under grace because God allowed Peter to see this on a rooftop that enabled him to get Cornelius saved in his whole household. Cornelius was the first on file to experience revival, but God had to convince Peter that was praying on a roof that he had grace for himself in order for Peter to have grace for, in order for Peter to have grace for Cornelius. Here's here's the last point. I'm wrapping up with this. If you're taking notes today, that grace is a pre-existing condition. Grace is a pre-existing condition. What do I mean by that? Grace has been in place before you ever took your place in this world. Grace has been here the entire time. This is really good news because when God created the heavens and the earth, he said, it is good. When he created Adam and Eve, he said, it is good. When he created the, the heavens and the earth, he said, it is good. God's grace has always been there from the beginning of time. It's a pre-existing condition. Now, the medical community would define a pre-existing condition as a medical illness or injury that you have before you start a new healthcare plan. Uh, may be considered pre-existing conditions, conditions like diabetes or COPD, cancer, sleep apnea. These might be examples of pre-existing health conditions. They tend to be chronic or long-term. Mm, I love that because so is grace. Grace is a pre-existing condition on your soul. You have done nothing to inherit it or to deserve it. It was in your DNA. It was in your genetic code. Grace came when Christ Jesus died on the cross for everyone's sin. And grace came to Peter on that roof where he, where God gave him permission to eat freely. Grace came to Cornelius because Peter realized that the salvation experience wasn't just for the Jew. It was also for the Gentile. And grace has come to you today. And it's been there the whole time. It's a pre-existing condition. You've had it the entire time. I love this. I love this because this is hope for you and this is hope for me today. That I can step out of this room. That I can step into my calling. I can step into relationship with Jesus knowing that grace has already been in place. This is good news for you because you might feel like an outsider, like a Gentile. You might feel like someone in need of salvation and you came to the right place because this is a place of grace. Much like Peter, I have to remind you three times. I have to remind you three times. Hey, you can kill and eat these things. Oh, that's against the law. No, you have been made free and whole in the name of Jesus. And you can share the grace that you've encountered with others. That's why I love the entire household of Cornelius was set free and saved. All because Peter realized that he wasn't supposed to keep the law. Instead, he was supposed to live under grace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you because I know that people watching this, everyone at the sound of my voice, we're going through something where we might be limited by the law. And I just want my friends and my my fellow believers to know that they don't have to live that way anymore. 
that they can live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of many people just like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now and share it with a friend. For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash Join us next week for another incredible message.